a lot, isn't it? Hello everyone, um, welcome to another week of It's a Lot with Abby Chatfield. Um, this week on the podcast, I have a really amazing guest. Her name is Gina Savage. Gina and I, like, I guess know each other. <laughs> uh, Brisbane, for those of you who live in like, I guess, a city the size of Brisbane or smaller, know that you kind of know everyone around your age. So Gina and I are in the same year. I've known of her since we were in like year 10, but um, you know, you meet at like a random house party in grade 11 and then you never talk again and you go, oh yeah, I know her. Um, so Gina has been battling uh, melanoma now for a few years and she explains her entire journey. Um, she's raised almost half a million dollars for melanoma research, which is insane. It is absolutely insane. There is a link in the um, bio, sorry, in the uh, show notes. Oh my God, my brain is completely sort of working. There's a link in the show notes um, that will lead you somewhere that you can donate money if you'd like to after hearing Gina's story. Um, the main thing she wants you guys to take away from this is to go and get your skin checked. Um, she's now fighting for her life because um, she was too late to detect her melanoma and the treatment isn't um, working on her, though there is some positivity um, and there is some progress, obviously nothing certain with cancer. So this is an amazing episode to record. Gina has such a different outlook to what you usually hear um, about people who are suffering with cancer. Not that one way is right or wrong, but her perspective is so incredible and she is so positive and funny. And we had actually a really good time. We just had some wines and I ate some lamingtons and um, we're probably going to hang out again soon because she is hilarious. I absolutely love her. Um and yeah, I hope you really enjoy this episode. I think it's one of my favorites for sure. Um, so another thing I thought I'd talk to you guys about, I said that I would keep you updated with my antidepressants a few weeks ago when I started going on them. And holy shit, um, life is very different uh, in my mind. It's crazy. Um, I obviously was one of those people that put off going on antidepressants, not because I was like, oh, there's a stigma, just because I think I was scared. I was scared because I'm not very good at taking daily medication. When I was on the pill, I always messed it up. Um, sips coffee. Um, I also just had heard a few horror stories of people going on and getting more depressed or not being themselves and being a bit, um, you know, dull, um, you know, my people that I have known have had bipolar or other mental health issues and gone on medication and gone off them because I don't feel right. And I was scared of that happening. And obviously, because my job is to have my personality, <laughs> I was shit scared because I was like, if I go on this and I lose like my personality and, and my like, you know, my like chaotic energy, um, I, I don't know what I'll, what I'll do. Um, but it's been incredible. Like I've been on for, I think four or five weeks now and my mindset has almost completely changed. I mean, of course I have still negative emotions. Of course I still, you know, when, when bad things happen, like when you almost break your foot, you know, you feel a bit shit and, and when things happen and you have to deal with different emotions and, you know, I'm still grieving my grandma passing away. I, I obviously still feel those negative emotions. 
but it doesn't it kind of gives me this barrier to not go into this dark hole and not obsess over those negative negative emotions as I would previously I'm also finding it easier to not obsess over rejection um and uh I guess over things that aren't beneficial to me and I'm finding more energy and more motivation to do work and to do other things so it's been really really incredible um, now, obviously, I'm a doctor. I don't want to recommend anyone, but, um, but I know you guys will ask me. I'm on Lexapro. Um, that's usually the first one they put you on. Um, I've been on it before for a couple of weeks and I got better, but I didn't. I went off it because I was like, I'm better. And then I was fine until um, The Bachelor. So I am really, really happy and grateful that my GP put me on this. Um, as well as some stuff to help me sleep and it's been really really good there are some side effects though that I'm kind of like oh my god um first one is my my dreams are so vivid like it genuinely I wake up and I have to like shake myself being like you're not in your dream anymore I think it might be the, the, the melatonin that I take to sleep but I am like, holy shit, like I wake up and I remember everything all day. I'm thinking about it all day. It feels like it actually happened. I'll have dreams about people. Like I had dreams about my grandma the other night and I felt like I'd seen her. I had dreams about people that I've never met that I feel like we've hung out. It's, it's bizarre. So that's like the first thing. It's making me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but the other thing is that I haven't been able to come. I've literally been, <laughs> it's been so bad. I've like been like, you know, porn vibrator on full just watching porn trying to come haven't been able to have like almost come a few times then it just kind of goes away and I'm like oh, I'm tired and frustrated but ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folk this morning I came yes I came yes yes I came really hard for a really long time love you empress um Vush. I mean this isn't a plug but I guess it is a plug because we love Vush. Um, and if you want to get a Vush, you can use my code Abby for 65% off in all caps, Abby. Um, that's just, I guess, a side note in case some of you want to buy an Empress and you didn't know the code. But I I don't think you understand. Like I was so happy. I was like giggling all morning. I feel so much better. I was concerned that I would have to go off the Lexapro. And considering it's working so well for me mentally, I was you know, wanting to wait a few more weeks. But I think it was just a mental thing of me knowing that's a side effect and then, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy as they call it. Um, I just wanted to say as well, I've had this huge like change of mindset and an epiphany and I don't want this to sound preachy because when you're in a bad place or even when you're like an average place, and you hear people talk about mental health, I'm like, this is really, you deserve to be happy. And you're like, shut up. Like, I know I deserve to be happy, but like, how do I get there? Um, but you, I think I, what I wish I, someone I had told myself, I don't think I'd listen to anyone else except for a future me, but I always thought that being kind of bad was normal. I always thought that having repetitive negative thoughts um, almost every day was normal and that became me saying I'm fine because you know you numb yourself out to your own experiences and your own mental health and I was fully prepared to just go coasting through life feeling like time got away from me and there was so much time spent being sad and depressed and anxious 
um, and maybe not even in the traditional sense of lying in bed all day crying, but just feeling a bit off and a bit flat and not wanting to do anything and having no motivation and feeling like everything's a bit pointless. Um, and I just want to remind anyone who's listening that if you're feeling like you aren't great, you deserve to be feeling great. Like if you have had a sustained amount of time where you feel like you're a bit blunt, I guess, not blunt as in saying things, you know, dull, I guess is a better word. If you're a bit dull, um, then I, th- I really want to encourage you to go to your GP um, and a psychologist, both of those things, if you can afford it, um, and try to see what you can do to get better. Um, I think that's this huge thing of like not being bad enough to go to a psychologist and not being bad enough to maybe um, – you know, talk to someone about it and perhaps get on some medication of some sort. Um, but I think if you're not feeling great, I you should go. I think even if you're feeling good, you should go to a psych to see, you know, see how you could improve your life because psychology, psychologist appointments have really helped me as well as my medication obviously now. And I just want to remind you all that you really, really deserve to feel good. It's not about whether or not you're you deserve to get therapy but you definitely deserve to feel good you know it's not a criteria a psychologist isn't going to go no you aren't crying in bed all day um so you aren't allowed to you aren't allowed to come in here i'm not going to fix you <laughs> like it's all about improving your life and i it sounds so cliche and i understand it probably sounds really dicky but I genuinely mean it because I wish I'd not wasted the last three years. Not that the things that I did were a waste, but I'd never felt, I've never felt like this. And I honestly have never felt this happy. And it's so fucking insane that just taking a pill every day can make you feel like normal. And I'm like, is this how everyone else feels? So I just want to remind you guys that if you feel a little bit off all the time and if you can't remember the last time that you felt ecstatically happy then please go and talk to someone because it will make your life so much better and it isn't it obviously is about preventing suicide but it isn't just about that it isn't about if you're on the brink of suicidal ideation and suicidal thought it's literally just if you think you could be better for yourself not for anyone else so yeah i'll keep you guys updated with how my orgasms go um, and how uh, my mental health is going. Cause I think it might help some of you talking about this because I know it's kind of taboo still to talk about mental health and, and psychology appointments and, and, um, medication, but, um, I'll probably go into depth in a solo episode soon, but this is a very long intro Without delaying any further, this is the amazing Gina Savage. You'll want to listen to every word she has to say. She's incredible. And also get your skin checked. Book it in right now. Pause the episode and book in a skin check. All right. Love you all. To Gina. <laughs> we were just laughing about how everyone in Brisbane knows each other. And we haven't actually met, but we feel like we're friends. Yeah, it's such a little bubble, isn't it? It's such a bubble. It's like... Everyone, I, I reckon in Brisbane, it's like this thing where it's like everyone knows 
someone else's ex-boyfriend or brother or someone slept with someone yeah. or like passionate like a high school there's always some like weird like connection of like oh like i've fucked your best friend's brother and it's like oh great like there's yeah. always oh, so amazing oh like oh like my best friend like christabel my best friend is like family friends with your family or yeah, so yeah pretty much yeah pretty so, much. It's like, so it's so well, it's like best like my, my boyfriend's best friend's mother is like dating christabel's dad yeah, so it's like it's like Brisbane is actually yeah. the smallest thing in the world. And I was saying to Gina before that, like, everyone always says we get along really well. And obviously we follow each other on Instagram. And I, like, comment your stuff. I'm, like, proud of you. I know. I walked, into, I walked into your apartment and was like, I feel like I've fucking been here before. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally seen it on your story so much. I'm like, I, I know where everything is here. I know where the oven is. I know where the kitchen is. And you live around the corner. So you should come over more for wines know, and coffees should, and stuff. I should have walked. I'm that close, but I didn't. Mm, mm-hmm. Good girl. It's fine. Um, so Gina is here because, um, A, we stand, and B, because she is currently battling uh, melanoma cancer. Well, we'll talk about it later on. Yeah. First, we're going to do our fun bits first. Because, yeah, yeah, let's get them out Because of let's just get out of the way, have a bit of a fun tone setting. Um, what's been a lot this week, babes? This is actually so funny because – We've like tried to organize this so many times, mm. and like obviously life's gotten in the way and whatever. But um, this whole week because we locked in today, this whole week I've been like, every day be like, was is this a lot? Like every time I do something, <laughs> is this is this podcast really? Is this a lot? Is this a lot? Um, but I got a banger yesterday. I um, iconic. I booked in an appointment to have my eggs. We'll start the process of getting my eggs frozen. That's a fucking yeah, bang. That is a fucking lot. certainly a lot. It's a fucking lot. Please give um, me a rundown. Yeah. So basically, um, which we'll obviously delve into later, um, I recently had surgery to remove my right fallopian tube and ovary. Um, pretty much it was entirely consumed by melanoma. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took out a couple of other tumors and with that came my ovary. And basically... Ovaries are known to be, they're called sanctuary sites. And basically it means that a lot of the time drugs and different things, they, the ovaries will pr- make sure that they're not infiltrated by anything, right? Oh. So like they, it's, it's like their main job basically. So they protect themselves, yeah, they but do. it also stops them from being treated. Yeah. So, oh. and a lot of the time that's an issue. Um, so, but basically just more of an insurance thing in case something happens to my other one. Otherwise, I'm about to have bibbers. Mm, bibbers. Um, I, yeah, I'm about to start the process. I'm so scared. Oh, I'm my God. So, so what does scared. that entail? Do you have to do all the injections and stuff? Yeah, you have that... to do it yourself. And it's so funny because I'm on a, I, I, like, every second week, I have to inject myself with this stuff called Humira, which counteracts the side effects of some of the some of the side effects that I get from my immunotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I have to get someone else to do it. Like I've been to fucking hell of that with physical stuff. Like I've been through a million surgeries. Right. I cannot inject myself. I can inject other people. I Are can, you serious? Just, I'm such a pussy. I can't do it. You know, I don't think I could either. I hate needles, but it's not the pain. It's the thought of it. Is yeah, it the thought it's of just, it? I'm like every three weeks Yucky. I get a cannula for my for my treatment. <laughs> so it's like, no, <laughs> cannulas are <laughs> fuck. Mom, come, mom always has to leave. She's like, get no. the fuck out of here. I'm going to faint. Um, but yeah, basically... I've heard horror stories, like apparently, because I have the marina, so I haven't like had PMS personally in mm-hmm. like three years. So, and apparently the hormones just make you an absolute monster. Really? So I'm, um, yeah, looking Side forward to note, anyone in my wrath. I'm getting the marina in a couple of weeks. Ooh. Was it painful when you got it? Oh my God, I nearly 
I actually nearly I had to stay there for an hour afterwards. Oh, that's good. I nearly fainted. Oh, I'm glad but that a lot I'm... of people. <laughs> it's oh, babe, you're gonna faint. My experience was so. Did it's you... so quick, but it's like takes oh. your breath away. Like, Did you have your period when you got it done? Um, no. Okay. And definitely do that. Apparently it makes it easier. Yeah, I booked yeah. my period. I had mine for then about three months after. Not not like hectic, but. Oh, fuck. See, Christabel got hers and she's like, it's so fine, babe. I'm going, I'm going to her gynecologist. Yeah. But I'm like, I've been putting it off because everyone's so painful. Like, pap smears for me are so painful. I don't know why. I I, I think I just tense up and I, I freak it's the fuck 100% out. the tensing thing, I reckon. Because one time I, because I have a uterus that is like. Oh yeah, it's apparently uh, one of them's really good for pregnancy. Yeah, I think the one that mine is because you don't show as much. I don't really know. Anyway, um, everyone's gonna be like, you know, don't give advice. I'm just saying, like disclaimer. I'm just entire thing. Oh yeah, say is probably yeah. It's just what my personal experiences and personal understandings. But um, because my uterus like slanted a bit, they had to use one of the first times I got a pap smear before it was the five year thing. I um. Believe it. Gina, there's so much shit on this there's, table. There's like quiches, sausage quiche. rolls. It's, what time is it? Ten o'clock. We're having a, no, it's twelve. That's twelve. It's eleven forty-eight, and I'm like, you know why? <laughs> anyway, so my fucking uterus like slanted, and one of the first times I got a pap smear, she had to use like two tools, like a weird tool, to get to my cervix. Something oh. fucked, and it hurt so much. I think since then I've been traumatized, like to the point where I like scream, like I'm like crying. And when I got one last week, it was kind of okay, but only because she had me sit in this weird position and I just like breathed like I was giving birth. I was like, <laughs> and she was like, it's just a pap smear. But, um, but I am scared for the marina. Babe, I'm going to be, nah, pass. I reckon pass. I'll just get it cut out or like I'll yeah. get adopt. I'm actually thinking like, should I just adopt? Because saving the world, Sorry, saving a kid, and also, like, I just don't really want to deal with the, like, I, like lovely, beautiful thing. But, like, the pain of childbirth. I'm such, like, this is like a complete tangent. But yeah. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here but for it. But do you, I feel like it's again with, like, the needles thing. It's not the pain that I'm scared of. It's the gross feeling. The just thought like of the having. of it, yeah. Yeah. The thought of having a human. Uh, a thing inside of me, beautiful, amazing. I think pregnant women are so beautiful. But the thought of being inside me, I'm like, the thought of something moving around, fuck off. Yeah, like kicking your belly. Yeah, ew, go away. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so back to this this egg thing. So then you have to have a surgery to harvest the eggs or what's the deal? Yeah, I don't, I actually, to be fair, I'm like the biggest research freak. And it's the one thing I've just opted not to look into because I'm mm-hmm. just like, I feel like it's something I'm not. It's gonna be I don't want to know. I just want no. it to. Ha- I just want it to happen as it comes. So I mean, babe, that is probably the most hectic. It's a lot that we've had <laughs> so far. When you, because last night yeah, you were like, I was literally all week. I was like, I've got to think of something good. Oh, babe, last night I was like, I messaged Gina and I was like, hey, like this is what you've got to prepare. Like not very much, but just, um, you know, here are the Q and A's from the listeners and. Also, just a reminder to the what's a lot. And she was like, I've got a really good one. And I like, I knew it was going to be good, babe. But that's like <laughs> really fucking hectic. All right. So now time for some little Q&As. I sent Gina like four different ones because you guys sent me some crazy ones. After oh, I posted shit. them. Gina <laughs> was like, holy shit. Um, but we chose two that we thought were the best for us to talk about. Um uh, so here we go. All right. 
I recently found out that my boyfriend saw a sex worker for a happy ending massage in Japan just to try it a few months before we started dating. He said that he kind of learned from it that it's not really his thing because for him, sexual activity with another person needs to have passion and emotion involved. The problem is that I'm struggling not to see him in a bad way because of it. I really don't want to judge him his sexuality in any way but i have trust issues with men and the idea of people going to sex workers has always bothered me a bit i don't judge sex workers for the work but struggle to understand why people want to pay for sex i know this is a me problem and i'm reactive for not for no good reason i want to be open-minded and more sex positive to do with sex work can you please give me some better perspective on this i don't feel comfortable asking friends thanks so much no worries babe Okay. Uh, do you have any thoughts, feelings, or emotions on that? I do. And my, my thoughts are, like, first of all, as long as it's not, in my opinion, as long as it's not while you're with someone, like if it's not someone you're – it's not like you're with them and they're, like, messaging someone or they're, you know, going out and doing this behind your back kind of thing, I mean, everyone is open to do whatever the fuck they want. And, like, if you want to try something that is clearly, like, very prominent, then who is anyone to stop you? And I understand that it might be a lot for some people, but I just feel like, yeah. And also, rub and tug, I feel like majority of my <laughs> my guy friends have been like, I've had a rub and tug. I'm like, like y- yeah. I mean, I I don't have any male friends, so I'm <laughs> I just fucked them up. Me, I literally have like no male friends. People are like, she's such a boy's girl. Like, I remember on the show once, like, she's such like a boy's girl. And I'm like, I have literally no male friends. Like, I saw one yesterday that I haven't spoken to in four years. I'm like, oh my God, my only male friend that I haven't fucked. How are you? At Bunnings. I was like, it's a man thing for me to do. But I agree. I feel like anything, okay, obviously, first and foremost, and I think she knows this logically, anything yeah. before the relationship, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But my thing with sex workers is, everyone hear me out. I feel like this is going to get some. Not backlash, but like maybe people will be like, what the um, fuck? Yeah, I'm treading on very. <laughs> I think with sex workers, I would rather my partner cheat on you with, with a sex worker. On, yeah. Well, fuck a sex. Well, fuck a se- yes, yes, because, 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 because. There is no risk. There is no risk there. Sex workers are there to do a job, to have sex with someone, to maybe, you know, you know, they do a range of jobs, like their emotional support. They sometimes just like cuddle. They are just a person that you pay to interact with for an hour or a night or whatever on yeah. your own terms and what you want to get out of it. And um, I think paying for sex means that there are no emotions involved. Like, I'm sorry, like the there are so many girls that like – have issues. I'm not saying that the, the the listener has this issue, but there are so many girls that are like, oh, like strippers just like flirting with my man at the strip club. And it's like, that's their job. They're, they're trying to get money. They mm. don't care about your, your stupid, ugly boyfriend. Like no one, like they're literally getting paid. They're not going to fall in love with your boyfriend. They're stripping mindlessly. It's like saying like, oh, everyone that works in a bar is like dying for a drink. You're not because you're like, I'd rather not. Or like when you work at Macca's or something and you end up hating Macca's. Oh, yeah. Same thing for strippers. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like. I would never. You know if what I, I worked at Macca's, I wouldn't hate Macca's. You know what I, I mean? Same. Like love some nuggets. But you know what I mean? Like when I, when I worked at Boost, I was like, hate Boost yeah. because you just get so used to it. And I think the same thing happens with strippers and sex workers. I also think like as long as there's things that have this hectic like hectic stigma Mm. like there is just such this bad rap around it right Mm -hmm. and like i guess that for as long as there's a stigma that's they're they're just they're taught to feel that way like you know what i mean like everyone is 
like no one openly actively says like, oh yeah, I fucked sex work last night. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, there is this like secretiveness. Yeah, around and it. I feel like as long as that is there, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't. I don't know. You can't judge people based on. You know, you don't. I don't know. Oh my! Like, I guess when they pass actions before the relationship, but yeah, that I don't. But the, the sex worker thing, I think, is like I was saying, it's better. It's it's better because that person is paid for sex, and you saying you don't get why people want to pay for sex. That's totally fine that you don't get it. Like, and that's so good that you've also acknowledged that it's a block for you that is, I guess, not unreasonable, but a little bit illogical. You're like, I know that I shouldn't be feeling this way, but I just do. Yeah, and it is because of the societal expectation on people to kind of be naturally anti-sex worker. Yeah, definitely. But sex workers are, they're literally just doing a job. They're there to get their money and to leave. And maybe they do have emotional connections with their clients. And I'm not saying that they're just like in and out, fucking get me that cash, but they're not trying to, they're not a threat to your relationship. Yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Like if I was going to have a threesome with a boyfriend, I would a hundred percent do it with a sex worker. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know that I can be like, okay, can you please leave now? Like there's that saying that's like you pay sex workers not to have sex with them, but they will leave once they have one, when you want them yeah. to leave. They're not there for anything else, but yeah, but they're there to, to have do. sex yeah. and, to, and to do their job. And yeah. that's why like, it is real work. Cause it's like, they're going to do a job, they're getting paid, they're leaving. So I feel like your insecurity around this is probably more to do with, and I think you know this about, your stigma towards sex work is not about the fact that he's going to get more rub and tugs. I mean, if he's done it once to try, and he's also said to you he doesn't like it. Got into it. I mean, if he was doing it while we're in a relationship, I'd be fucking off it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fucking, I, I'd like, be fucking I'm like, I'm here. I'm mm. literally right here. But mm. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's just the main thing to remember that there's no threat. I mean, also... It, if you think about it in this way where it's like, are you upset about every girl he's ever slept with? Because they're actually, I don't want to freak you out, but they're more of a threat. Oh, <laughs> Like someone meeting someone at a party and being like, I want to have sex with you. Or like ex-girlfriends. They're more of a quote unquote threat. Not that you should feel threatened by anyone, but the sex worker in Japan is the last person <laughs> that you should be she's worrying. She's not getting here anytime she's, soon. She's, babe, he's not, not going there. And, it, oh, and he's he not, and, and, and they're not, you know, they're not going to put back to Japan. COVID's happened, babe. You know, like there's restrictions on travel. <laughs> there's a few issues here. There's a few issues. But no, I understand. And, it, and you know, don't guilt yourself for feeling that way. That is a societal norm. A lot norm. of people feel that way. I so, I, totally. M- honestly, I would say majority of my friends would feel that way. Totally. Um, but it's just about, I think it's good that you acknowledge that, you know, you're kind of being like, oh, I know this is silly. Um, but just try to remember there's no threat to your relationship and, um, he wants to be with you and he doesn't even like sex workers anyway. Like he does not like sex workers anyway. So he's tried it. He can, knock it, he can take it off the bucket. List. Exactly. He's tried it. He knows it. That's a really good point. Actually. Now that he's tried it and he's like, I didn't like it. There's actually now zero threat to yeah, you. It's less of a threat. And I feel like if it was a threat, he wouldn't tell you. All right. One sec. Do you want another wine? Do you want another glass of wine? Yeah, sure. All right. One sec. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We just had a little extra wine because we'd finished our glasses. Um, okay, the next question is as follows. <laughs> no need to do that. No need, no need to be like, <laughs> okay. I'm two and a half years into a relationship with a guy who is 27 years older. I'm 25. He's 52, but often past the 45. Haha. <laughs> ooh, ew. Ooh, um, ooh. Um, I feel like it's a perfect relationship other than the age gap. Should I settle or break both of our hearts and move on? Um, 
I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic of how to decide on breaking up with someone. I've never been to therapy, but I feel like I need someone to talk about it. Would a therapist help with something like this? All my friends love him. So we'll just say we should stay together. And my parents want us to break up despite thinking he's a good guy. Um, oh, PS Love podcast. Thanks. Eh? Um, okay. So. Okay. I skimmed over this when I, <laughs> when I saw it and okay. I, I've picked up the wrong things for it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's okay. fine. We've heard but it. What I'm going to say, clean. what I'm going to say is that starting with the age gap thing, right? Um, my parents are 11 years apart, right? I just, I do, and their relationship to me is like everything that I want, like absolutely everything that I want. And I think age is just a number under two can two specific conditions to me, and that is. A, that you're not fucking 16 and the guy that you're yes. 27 years yes. older than you. Yes. Which this girl isn't. Tick. 25. Tick. <laughs> you, and I think the other thing is, is that it, as long as your values are aligned, like mm-hmm. 27 is a big difference in the sense that like, what is he? 52. 52. She's 25. Like, she's all right. he could very well already have kids and not want kids or like, does he want to get married if he's been married before? And you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. Like as long as all your values are aligned Mm -hmm. and like what you want for your life and what you, what they want for their life match. Mm -hmm. Then I don't see why it is like that big of a, like that big of a deal. Um, especially if you genuinely do think that that person is the one you want to spend the rest of your life with or whether you're just with him because of various other reasons. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as well, something that like uh, I've kind of noticed as well is when people are asking these questions, they either want they. I'm not saying this is you, but sometimes people are like, should I break up with him? They want permission to be like, they want validation, hundred yes. percent. And it's like, you know what? I feel oh, like want, if, they want permission to break up. Yeah. With him. Oh, okay. 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 I okay. feel like, although I don't know. I mean, you're saying it's a perfect relationship otherwise, but then you're going on about if you need therapy and if um had no if to break up. Does she with want therapy because of the breakup? Is that what she's? She wants implying? therapy to know to talk about the breakup. Which I think absolutely oh, so go she's to a like, therapist. I feel like you're already told yourself you're breaking up. Yeah. Like you're already That's convinced. Insane. That's I think. what I'm saying. She's so, so I think, and you're saying your parents want you to break up, which obviously they're just weird about the age gap. But it, I know, I I mean, I think some people, I'm not, I'm like my mum, I love my mum, but my mum is supportive of me no matter what I do. So I've never had this thing of like, if mum disapproves, I won't date them because mum approves of everyone until they hurt, hurt me. You, yeah. Also on that note, like, I think the other thing is, is like what I've learned in this situation is when you're with someone that your parents are not accepting of or like not accepting of, but don't think is right for you. Like my early, early days, my, my first relationship. And I think the more they push that on you, the more you push the people that actually care away. And I actually think it strengthens the relationship with the person. And if you, if it actually isn't the right person for you, then I, then you put yourself in this predicament where you've got a barrier between every like all the good oh aspects. Gosh. You know what I mean? And I think so true. I just think you've got to be honest with yourself. And if it is someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with, then you know you've got to just like who cares what everyone else thinks? Yeah, but I you, feel like there's something deeper here though. Yeah, oh definitely. hundred percent. There's more to this story than, she, than we're letting on. There's I mean, got to be. There's not got to be. Like, not, like not like why you email me. Love the email me. Love it. But but why have you written the email and been like? It isn't even like if you're asking me, is there, is there an issue with this? You're saying, should I settle and break up, 
Oh, sure, Seth will all break up, and it's like you feel like you. She does feel like there's something bad in the relationship. Because she's saying she isn't saying it's settling. It shouldn't yeah. be. It should have. I mean, maybe she just worded it incorrectly. But if it is maybe, what she, if but she also forty and slip vibes. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like if you think you're settling, fucking get out of that relationship. There is a million other people in this world that I'm sure hundred percent can give you what he gives you. And you won't feel like you're settling. Yeah. And I wonder, but then it's a perfect, I don't know. I feel like you need to figure out, I think go to therapy. Yeah, she you have. Say, I said to say. Gina before, I was like, <laughs> before we recorded, I was like, my answer to every question is go to therapy. But I, I mean, like, I can give my advice and I can give my advice on what I think you should do. And if you were my friend, but I also tell all my friends, mm, also, go to therapy. Like, no one listens to any, everyone at the end of the day no. takes their own advice. 100%. So I feel like you just got to. Do what makes you happy. 100%. And I feel like if you're asking if you should settle or not, then you are really leaning towards breaking up with them. Um, the thing is, though, I feel like, like you were saying, there are so many people in the world that can make you feel the same way as this person. But, like, now that I'm, I know, I feel like I've had to grow up a lot in the past year because of all the shit that's mm, happened. Okay. And... Um, I'm like realizing that I don't want, and I'm so busy and there's just so much stuff going on that I'm like, I don't want anyone in my life that isn't going to like really add to it. Like you were saying. And like, suit it too. It yes. Like, the other, when, I, when, I, when you sent me that, I was mm. like, I wonder if this girl feels like she's dependent on him. Mm. Because like you would never want to get, especially with that big of an age gap. I'm not saying it's an issue, but what I'm saying is that like with an age gap like that, you realize that that is almost like 30 years of your life when you get to what? 60 mm. or and you've got grandchildren or whatever mm-hmm. and they're not around like you've got to I don't know like are you de- or even like are you dependent on that person because they're not they're not your age is a huge thing once you get mm-hmm. to what like 50 yeah 40 yeah. like there is a significant physical difference like yeah running after you children running after your grandchildren like all that kind of shit and I just think like if you're dependent on him maybe you actually should get out because you don't ever want to be dependent on someone else no 100% financially and that's quite an easy dynamic to have with an age gap like that like that's Mm. a very I mean look it could be the other way around you could have the power in the relationship but I feel like it's more often than not the old if there's an older male by 30 years it's going to be some weird dependency Mm. um not that it's weird your, your relationship I mean if it's making you happy and if you genuinely think it's adding to your life and you don't feel like you're settling that was a mistake in how you're speaking then you know an age gap an age is an age but if there are all these other components and all these other things going on with you where you feel like you are settling because of the age and you feel like there's different gaps in where you are in life then I think go to a therapist talk it out and I'm sure you'll find your own answer in therapy because I wish we could have called you I still <laughs> I still ask for phone numbers to get people oh it's a good idea actually you will get like that thing you sent me scrolling through the wall, like you have there are thousands, thousands of emails. But if you guys send me your phone numbers in the emails, I will now call you oh, back. As so in, you can like talk. the people that you read out, yeah, yeah and I'll call yeah, them yeah. back. Okay, um, because I feel like I would love to have I had a conversation help. and asked about your situation. Um, but that's our advice. I mean, I feel like the main thing. I think you should go to therapy. I thought, <laughs> I thought, <laughs> Gina, I thought you were. You looked me dead in the eyes. I thought you were talking to me. I was like. Fucking hell. And I pointed her. I'm like, I think you should go. That Gina. was a full point. And, Me? Point and glare. <laughs> I think you need therapy. <laughs> fucking hell. And you're like, sweetie, there is a lot going on in my life right now. I, I don't really- I need therapy. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so the reason why I have you on, besides the fact that everyone tells me we should be friends. We, we were friends, weren't we? Oh, yeah, we're, we're best friends. <laughs> we, we best, were best friends. We hang out like every day. years on end. Years, yeah. <laughs> since year 10, just like yeah. clicked. Remember when you used to see that guy from the bakery? <laughs> Okay, Gina. Gina's this is so funny. Gina's when I used to work at this bakery, Gina's friend used to we used to d- like date. They were the both same dating guy. this French fucking pastry, pastry chef. Yeah, patisserie dude. And he fucking but like we we worked at different venues in the same company, so like we didn't know them. We found I don't know how we found out. I think I Katie really Byrne. Katie Byrne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mute it's that. right. Katie, Katie, be fine. Katie Byrne told me, and then. Because she was like, oh, you know, but like casually, like, oh, like so-and-so is seeing so-and-so. And I was like, I'm seeing that person. She's like, what the fuck? But um, I yeah, it so, like, I didn't know you, like, no. personally. And no. like, my friend was talking about it. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know what you do here. Like, full two-timing oh. you and he's French. Can't even speak English. He kind of could not speak English. Literally could not speak English. I no. don't, I can't explain no. to you. Like, I heard a phone call once and I was like, Hello. you have the most broken English. Like, you have no idea Babe. what's going on. And he was so hot, though. And, and he would speak obsessed. Upset. You, you told me you were Well, I mean, like, I, I just thought it was hot. He was, like, kind of hot and he was half Italian, half French. So he looked Italian, but he was French. And he, so it was hot. But he wore, like, snapbacks and, like, and like, and like, you know, it's like a pants down to your knees. <laughs> and the Crocs in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, the yes. Crocs in the kitchen. The cro- <gasps> I can already picture. The Crocs in the kitchen. Shut the fuck. And like old, old, like chef whites. Like they, they've got like stains in them from like too much pastry making. Too like much pastry, Too much flour. Anyway, so we go way back. Um, so. <laughs> We're best friends. Best friends. But, um. I'm so very lighthearted. Gina, um, is currently battling cancer that. Is melanoma or started as melanoma? So it is melanoma, but it's stage four. Okay. So we're going to basically go through your experience with cancer to, A, give you a platform to talk about it and to raise awareness about it, but also in the hopes of if someone has a a chronic illness of any kind, they can kind of relate to you and, and, you know, have a bit of a laugh with it as well because you're very lighthearted about it and you're very much – you're like very – positive about it but i don't know you're very yeah, like which, you know to, what be, I mean? to be honest to be honest like i was only thinking about this other day because one of my girlfriends said to me she was like you always answer the question with like how are you so positive with i don't i didn't have a choice i don't have a choice yeah and she was like i don't get it because you fucking do have a choice like you absolutely have a choice of how you take this on and i think like early days what i worked out was like because the thing about okay the thing about the thing I struggle most with about cancer is that I, the fucking physical pain, like the gut-wrenching pain that you can see in the eyes of the people that you love most is just something I've never been able to get a handle on. Like Mm -hmm. I've just, it is horrendous. And I think early days, what I worked out is they sort of, the people that I cared about, would feed off my energy. So if I could project this positive, everything's going to be fine. What it's like, I was totally fake news early days, like very much so. Like I just put on this face and then would internally be like, holy fuck, what is even going on? Mm-hmm. And then I think when I started being sort of acting this way, I figured out that like, my, like when my headspace was so positive, I figured out that like, 
the world around me, as as gay as it sounds, as lame as it sounds, the world around me just felt better because like mm-hmm. I was just so positive about everything because I mm-hmm. felt like at that time I didn't have a choice and I needed to like everything was like you're hurting the people you love most yeah. and it is completely out of your control so to gain back I guess a little bit of that control mm-hmm. it was to just project this energy right? right and I think I think with time that then became it just became natural because I realized how much I enjoyed my life more and how much I appreciated a lot of things when I had that headspace of so being positive. As well. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think then you start focusing on the things that make you happy as opposed mm-hmm. to the things that you're more concerned about, I mm-hmm. guess. And like when you, and like I was forced into that headspace, right? Mm-hmm. So like I was forced into that, whereas I know that's half the battle is finding like pushing yourself to a point where you actually are positive and then once you're there definitely comes so naturally to me now mm-hmm. and very, like I so know. grateful that I'm in that position where I am able to turn most of my negatives into positives mentally yeah and it takes work you gotta oh god yeah I mean yeah. it takes a lot of strength as well and like I'm sure I see people being like I hate me but like you're so strong for doing something that you had nothing you had mm. no choice in doing and you're like well, you just put one just... foot in front of the other like I yeah. didn't and that's what I meant by I didn't have a choice. Like I, you just put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until you you can't or yeah. you don't or you get to the other side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the way that you handle it, even like obviously following you on Instagram and I've seen all of the, the fundraising events that you've done is so like like breathtakingly amazing what you do. And I feel like because you're just putting one foot in front of the other, you don't realise what you're doing and how like others perceive it. Like it's really – it's funny. I think, like, as I was saying before, that whole thing with, like, I wasn't – I really struggled with handling how the people I cared about dealt with it. Mm. Um, I hadn't had a lot of exposure to cancer in my family. Like, I'd not, like, that real emotion where I'd never – in the early days, I'd never seen a lot of it. I'd never had much to do with it. I think the reason why I started this whole fundraising and that kind of thing was because I was like, no one fucking deserves to go through this. And like, if, if this is my path and if this is the way that my life's going to be, I want to do something positive with it. And Mm -hmm. like, if that's preventing someone else going through what I've gone through, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I can, I can be satisfied with that. And that's the thing about melanoma is that if you catch it early enough, Mm-hmm. Like if you catch that mole early enough in 90% of the cases, you will prevent what I've gone. You will prevent life-threatening spread. Mm-hmm. So you will, it will just, you remove it from your skin and it's, it's over. Yeah. Um, and so like, because my, my story essentially is that I had a, a, a little nodule on my scalp mm-hmm. and when I would brush my hair, it would bleed. And it was you know, I'm actually so grateful for this situation because my dad's a doctor and I would tell him and I was just like getting really pissed off by it because every time I'd bleed it would be like fucking annoying. So I was like, Dad, can you just send me to someone to get it removed? And he just sent me to – he just rang one of his plastic surgeons that he knew and was like, um, can you just cut this thing off? So I went in. It was like chilled as, literally left. It was, And the thing is, is if I didn't have that process – like that convenience, I would never have had that checked. 
I'd be dead. I mean, yeah. I'd be dead. If your if your family aren't in medicine, or because I, I have a family of doctors and dentists as well. So mm. every time I have, a, have an issue, you just call someone in your family and go, This is a bit weird, but yeah. you don't think it's bad enough to go to the GP or yeah. to go and get it checked out. Yeah. So I guess thank God you had your dad and to that be was, like, and that's about what this? fueled a lot of my whole awareness campaigning kind of thing was because I was like fuck had I just left that because you know like I know going to a dermatologist or a skin clinic or whatever it co- you know it's time consuming it costs money whatever mm-hmm. but like nothing is worth like no you don't want to go through what I've gone through and like I feel like I actually haven't even told <laughs> I haven't even said like oh, yeah, my okay story. all right Wait, so hey, Gina we're okay really jumping the gun here we're jumping Kate so Gina Give us a rundown yeah. of the whole – we've been laughing about the word journey, but – Yeah, I'm fuck oh, fucking hell. All right. My journey. Your journey. It's yeah. a beautiful journey. But your journey <laughs> – we have no other word. Sorry, guys. No, it's so fair. But – People love that give word. People have run <laughs> – They fucking love, <laughs> I love it. it. But so give us a rundown of what's happened to you. That's, okay. that's, that's a more like a banter more way to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, this is also – will make a lot more sense to you all, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so basically I was diagnosed in 2015 with this little lump. It was removed and then I was sent to – I wasn't sent to a – was I sent – I don't know. My timeline is like the thing that I'm so – Oh, because so many things would have happened. So I cannot never get times right. But basically the statistic was is that if you get something removed, a melanoma removed, and it was the stage which mine was, which was quite late um, – in the skin, um, if it doesn't come back within two years, it you drop from a ninety five percent chance of it spreading to about five. So there's like a two year period, right? And most of the time, like majority of people are fine. As I was saying before, like ninety percent of cases removal, no spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I then, I reckon it was nearly two years to the day. It was honestly within weeks of the two years, I felt a lump in front of my right ear and it was so weird. I don't even think I'd thought about the melanoma since I'd had the first one removed because um, I didn't understand the severity or the extremity of what skin cancer and melanoma was. And I was uneducated and I was naive and I didn't understand it. And, you know, it was so weird when I felt that lump in front of my ear, I was like, it was like I felt my heart's like I knew it. I just knew it was it had spread, and I didn't even understand the concept of it. But I just had knew I I just knew it was bad. Um, anyway, I got home, my dad biopsied it, sent it off, and it came back as melanoma, and that is where it all began. So that was 2017 then, um, and since then, like I've had it stayed stage three for a while. Like it stayed in that sort of area in front of my ear and down my neck. I had a stage four, stage three head and neck dissection, so I took out 49 my lymph nodes, my salivary gland, um, I had radiation to the area every day for four weeks, um, just a whole bunch of surgery to it. And then I also prior to that had been on a trial, like an immunotherapy trial, and then I had spread when I was on that. Like I'd, I had to come off that trial because I had to go on steroids because I got drug-induced hepatitis that was horrendous. Couldn't drink for three months. <laughs> Couldn't drink for three months. Really? Was, yeah. <laughs> Literally. And then um, I, you know, I had to come off it because I had to go on steroids. And with trials, there's a whole lot of protocols. 
Um, and then anyway, from there, I started on Keytruda, which is the drug that I'm on now. And if you know anything about it, it's just like the miracle drug for melanoma. Um, and whilst I was on it, I got spread to my lungs, which is stage four. And then from there, I had radiation to the area. And then from there, it just started spreading everywhere. Like it's, it was all through my abdo, all through my pelvis, my liver, my lungs. And I guess over that time, like I was given six months a year ago um, because basically they say with melanoma and the nature of melanoma, statistically speaking, I know everyone's different, but statistically speaking, because the, obviously the drugs weren't working on me, um, once it go, it's like when it's in your lungs, it's about, you've got about a year. When it's in your liver, you've got about six months. And once it goes to your brain, they think it's about three months. And I remember, yeah, just like even that, you've got six months to live kind of thing. Like these drugs weren't working on me. And it was every scan, there was more tumors and there was more this and there was more that. And you just, I just got myself in a place where I was like, I came, became very accepting of the fact that this was the way that my, my, um, my journey <laughs> was going to end. And um, then recently out of fucking nowhere. So I'm getting a mixed response now, which means that a lot of the, tumors are shrinking with because I opted to persist with the drug and a lot of them are shrinking but I had a couple that weren't responding so that's why I've just had surgery to remove the ovary and then um, a couple of tumors in my abdo and that's where I'm at at the moment um, but yeah wild and very tedious yeah <laughs> like so what's happening at the moment you've gotten some positive responses which is yeah so I've had really it, good or yeah, is it kind no, of good or is it like well yeah, okay, so with the – wait, let me have a sip of wine. Have your fucking wine, babe. <laughs> have your fucking wine. It's funny because, like, right now so – so I've, like, spent the probably the past two or three years completely training my brain to think a certain way and to not be triggered by, you know, things like photos of weddings and my friends falling pregnant or – you know, and I've and I fully got myself into a headspace where that didn't bother me. Do you know what I mean? Like it didn't, and that took a lot of time and a lot of work. And it's it's funny because I finally have been given some good news in the sense that everything else, because everything else is behaving, I was able to have surgery, and like all these tumors at the moment are shrinking. And I don't know whether the next what the next scan will say, right? I don't know what my next PET scan in like a month and a half will say. But essentially like I'm struggling more now with the idea of having prospect mm -hmm. than I ever have through cancer. Like a lot of – just like I have not told – like I've told like three of my, my, my brother and maybe two of my friends about this. And yeah. it's crazy because – you spend all this time training your brain not to feel a certain way and now you get this glimmer of hope and you're like, I've got to unravel everything I've ever stopped myself thinking about. And so I've started letting things, example, getting my eggs frozen. I've started like letting things in and it's weird because I'm in like this limbo phase. I'm not even – like I'm not cancer-free. I'm nowhere near cancer-free. Mm -hmm. But you start letting these thoughts flood in that you didn't – that you – that you purposely out put a, yeah purposely put a barrier up about uh-huh um 
And yeah, essentially like I just, it's, and it's funny cause you, I don't know. The thing about, I think the thing about cancer is that it obviously is this lifelong, it has a lifelong impact on you, you know? And even if you're five years considered cancer free, you still have this, I could imagine you would still have this cloud over your head just being like when, mm-hmm. like, and no scan get would get easier. And like, it's fucked up. Like it's a fucked up headspace to be in, particularly when I'm not even cancer free yet, but I'm thinking about being cancer free for the first time in, you know. Is it looking like it could be? Well, if everything's shrinking. Yeah, exactly. But it's the thing, like that's the nature of cancer. It's a know. fucking pig. And it's yeah. like... <laughs> You know, you could be on a treatment and then suddenly your treatment stops working or, you know, it mutates or it does this or it does that. And you, it's just like, It's like a balancing act of being realistic and also having hope where you don't. don't, Oh, definitely. And that's, and that is it totally. Like, and then I feel like a dick because I'm like, I know that the people that love me would be like, and people that are in my position that don't ever get this, they get the whole time frame and then it decreases and whatever and they're like oh go and get your affairs in order kind of stuff and then I'm like you know but that my like my even my brother said to me he was like Gina I know this isn't going to be easy this is going to be really hard because a lot of people say life after cancer is harder than life with cancer Mm -hmm. and I guess I'm starting to somewhat understand what they mean by that because I've I'm literally having panic attacks all the time I've got Mm -hmm. so much anxiety I feel like I've got to catch up like there was a period where my friends, you know, were, you know, getting married and having babies and buying houses and shit. And I was able to not, I got myself to a point where that didn't upset me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I think like, and it's so crazy. Like, my, as I was saying, my brother was saying to me, like, it's hard. This is going to be hard, but you get to think about this shit. Like, this should be good. Like, this should be a really happy time in my mm-hmm. life. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... I mean, you shouldn't feel guilty for not feeling pure joy because it is a very... It's like a pendulum swing. It's like you've gone from accepting that you... you like you were saying, you're like, oh, I'd be used to not getting triggered by people's weddings and stuff. And now you're like, oh, my God, it could be a thing. Mm. And then you also... Sort of I'm literally about, like, wedding like, songs and shit. Like, and right, like... Don't stop because I, th- I think I think that's amazing because the fact that things are working on you would be exciting when nothing's is- worked for so long. You must feel like I've yeah. goosebumps like the thought of getting something that works even a little bit. I think you deserve that joy of thinking about something in your future. But also I understand the thing of being like, fuck, like I have What hope. if I let all these thoughts in and then my next yes. scan is like, sorry. Yes. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, it was fucked. a prank. It was all a prank. <laughs> like, like that would April be April Fool's motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, it would be so hard to have that kind of like that change of mindset so quickly. And I'll tell you what's causing so much anxiety of being like swinging back and forth and, and then it's the just anxiety like catching up. I'm feeling like, and that's the one thing you learn, right? Is like obviously time is so precious. So now, as every fucking, and even like that would be. Babe, even just even just from following you and knowing you from around Brisbane and being best friends for so long. Being <laughs> <laughs> best friends is great. We met today, but like, you know what I mean? Like, but from from knowing you around Brisbane and like following you for so long, I've like I said to you before, I was I've gotten three skin checks and so I've heard about what happened to you, and it's also this thing of like, fuck, like, 
like you don't think it's going to happen to someone you know or you or like someone you love and everyone in Brisbane loves you. Like everyone talks about how much oh, they fucking love you. No, no, I'm not kidding. No, no, I'm not kidding. Babe, everyone's been like, you should find a Gina. And I'm like, I know. Um, but I was like a freak commenting your photo. I, I comment like once every like couple of months. I'm like, well done, X. So I'm like. Put my Instagram on here. And I always like, yeah, <laughs> at Gina underscore Savage, is it? No. Gina dot Savage? I don't know what. I don't, actually don't know what it is. What's your handle, bitch? Gina Savage one. Oh, <laughs> you know why it's one? Because I made one and forgot the password. Like, <laughs> Whoopsie. No, but like you, you. I was actually so joking just then. What? <laughs> okay, back to being serious. Follow me. <laughs> I am an inspiration. She no, she's an inspiration around Brisneyland. Brisneyland and beyond. Um, but so through your. In- through your entire journey, you've – I feel like you've helped a lot of people even just to go get skin checks. I think the best thing that happened in that sense and, like, raising awareness was when I had that interview with the Today Show because I feel like the thing was is, like, everyone – we are living in this crazy world, especially in Australia, where, like, having – like. I always say this, but roasting yourself like a rotisserie fucking like a chook, chicken, like a fucking chook. Like, and you get they get. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, like having a natural tan, fake tan. It's so it's, it's so easy easier. enough to do. I know it hurts tanning. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it gets sweaty and gross. And but like, it is not worth fighting. For your life do you yeah. know what I mean and like it is one person dies every five hours in Australia from melanoma like one person every five hours like I'm I think it's like one in 15 people mm. are supposed to be diagnosed with melanoma by the time they turn 85 mm. and like the thing is is when I had that interview on the today show I got I'm not even exaggerating hundreds of messages from mm-hmm. just strangers being like I had my skin checked because I saw your interview and, um, you know, I had this removed or I had this removed. And then there were these ones coming through that were like, I had melanoma stage one and I would never have had it checked. And my family is so grateful and I'm so grateful and you've, you know, you've saved my life. And like these messages that would literally make me cry. Like I would sit there being like, if there's one thing I'm going to do with this fucking shitty card I've been dealt. Mm. It's I'm okay with this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I then from there started doing my own fundraiser, the Lunching for Melanoma. And you've raised so much money. How much have you raised? For lunching plus everything else, mm-hmm. I think it's nearly half a mil. Like that is fucking yeah. I thought it was a hundred grand because I told someone on the phone this morning, I was like, I think she's raised about a hundred grand with that. That was my, so my first the first fundraiser we did was um 97 and then the last one we just mm. did was 144 but i need to come to uh, the next one yeah definitely mm. you ha- it was such so fun as such well such an epic day and yeah. then um yeah because we had because Car- i was telling you carl stefanovic emceed and it was Love just it. like it was just the best day and yeah. it was so light-hearted and so gorgeous and then um just with everything else i've all everything every other fundraiser i've been involved in and just like talking at schools and that kind of thing like it honestly it just burnt a little bit of a fire in my gut and I was like because mm. the thing was is like I struggled for a long time with this concept of having a purpose because I was like why the fuck was I put on this earth mm. to have my life dangled in front of me like a carrot do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and I didn't 
I was like, what have I done? What did I do to deserve this? And I think everyone that's in my position goes through that. Like, and yeah, I just, I really struggled. And then I found this whole fundraising and this whole awareness thing. And it actually just brought me purpose that I couldn't find. And I was in a big hole and those fucking dark days suck. And I guess if you've got something to get you out of bed in the morning, you've got something that makes you feel like what you're doing is a good Mm -hmm. fucking thing. Well, it is because like even I put on, I put on sunscreen every day because of you. Like I literally don't think you understand. I'm so proud of you. No, I know, babe. I know. That's so good. I wear my, um, I wear it every day under my makeup. It actually is the best primer if you get a good one. What do you use? I use the, a plug. <laughs> a pl- here's a plug for you. They'll be mm, so pleased with love me. It. Um, I use the Avene one. It's Ooh. orange. But I've heard the one from um, Mecca Cosmetica, the UV. Ultraviolet? It's, yeah. Even, I used that this morning. Yeah. Yep, apparently that one's really good as well. It's really good. But I got sent some stuff and it smells like roses. It smells so beautiful and it's like it absorbs. But I literally put it on because of you. Like I don't think you understand. Like we've never met except for the fact that we're best friends. <laughs> and But like I – like. People around Brisbane, and I even tell people, I'm like, you better fucking put your sunscreen on. Like, I'm like, so your impact on people, I think, is more than what you know because people obviously don't tell you, like, hey, I put on sunscreen this morning because of you. Like, I think there's a lot of, more of it coming into, like, Australian consciousness because I think even, like, five – when we were in high school, we literally – I know if you and your friends did go to Noosa and you fucking put on, like, baby oil and you're, like, crisping yourself up like a fucking bacon Christmas strip. Christmas of, like, 2009, I went to a girlfriend's house and we sprayed cooking oil all over mm. ourselves. And mm. I am so pasty. Like, I am the whitest ghost – no, I'm, like, tenfold white. I'm blue. <laughs> I am blue. I'm purple. It is wild. You'd never know, though, because I fake tan. Oh, my God, she <laughs> loves <week>. a fake tan. <laughs> Natural, um, Yeah, so I – like I cooked myself and I remember I was, I went to Adelaide for Christmas and my entire stomach was blistering in Adelaide. And I just, you know, it's those things that it's just because I was so, I was so uneducated and so naive and I just didn't understand. You didn't think it's going to happen to you as well. Like my, my grandpa had a skin cancer in his forehead and I was like, oh, he's old. And cause he was born in 1929 because he, you know, was on the farm when he was younger. And it's like, no, we're putting oil onto our skin to, to cook ourselves. Fucking loathe. And I don't care if you tell me that it's got fucking FPS, SPF in it. It is, do not put oil on your fucking skin. Yeah. It is burn. It is putting your skin cells through trauma, trauma. which causes melanoma. Yeah. And so I you- don't know how to reiterate that hard enough. Do not listen to these dumbass fucking people that mm. promote oils. I don't, SPF in oil is not a thing. Yeah. I don't care what they will tell you otherwise, but it is not a thing. I mean, even I, like a year ago was using fucking SPF 50 oil. And then I was, and then someone damn me being like, you know, that doesn't fucking do anything. And I was like, oh fuck. And I'm like, never, like, I don't even, I don't think I've even like tried to tan in the longest time because there is so much risk to it. And I'm like, I'd rather just get my Bondi sense. Also, I can't be asked. Yeah. Like I'm a lazy bitch. Like I'd rather just fucking get it done. But I feel like you're. It's just not worth it. It's it's not not worth it. It's not fucking worth it. Like it's actually not. And if you, if you're being serious about statistics, one in one person every five hours is a shit ton. That's fucking horrifying. And like if you're, it is. So prevalent in Queensland, but in particular, mm. melanoma. But the most ridiculous thing is it's one of the most preventable. 
It is so yeah. preventable. If you, like, I think there's a, like they say, if you've had one bad burn as a child, it can increase your chances of melanoma oh, by 50% or something. I've had that many bad burns when I was little, like where you're like lying on like, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but I grew up with the Gold Coast. So like I'd be like lying on mum's bed with like the Nivea sun, the Nivea moisturizer yeah. on my back with the fan and I can like smell it. And I've had so many like that. And I think back and I'm like, obviously mum wasn't trying to, mum put sunscreen on me, but I was just a little kid running around in the ocean, like living at the beach. And you think, and you're like, fuck, like I've been burnt so many times. There are so many chances for me to get something really serious just because I wasn't fucking smart enough to put some sunscreen on and or what I wanted to. And like the and tanning the thing, is, if, thing. You, if you are in that position, right, which is most people that I know. Oh, almost, almost all Australians. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is if you're getting regular skin checks, if you're being proactive and you're being diligent and you're going, I know it takes a lot of time and a lot of money or not even a lot. It just takes time. I know it can cost you something. You can filled. go to like, you can go to things like mole checks and get I them. go to mole checks. Like yeah. I obviously go to a dermatologist because I have fucking cancer, but you get <laughs> me. <laughs> the C word. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, and I know sometimes it's uncomfortable because you're undressed and some people don't like doing that. And I understand, but it is not worth the fucking. Just get naked. With the, I wanted to ask you though about yeah. just with the, with the scalp thing. Mm. So when I've gotten it done, they don't really check my scalp. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Also, and then they do, but, I now but know it's like two... running their hands through. Do you know what the other thing is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if you were, if no you, lumps. if you are to like Google, what to look for to do a self-check. So this is what I definitely think is super important is doing a self-check. And there's a thing called ABCDE. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at moles and basically, first of all, if you just suddenly get a mole that you haven't had before or you've got a mole that's growing quickly or it just looks a bit weird, it might be scabby, like whatever it is, go and have it checked. Honestly, go and have it checked. It might not be serious it could be benign it could be malignant it could be whatever just it go could and just have be a, a lump because exactly. i have a small behind my ear that's been mold since i was a baby and yeah. it's fine had it checked yeah and the thing is it's like if you've got this but there's this thing called abcd and it's like asymmetries a b is the borders like are they a bit irregular i think it is and then um sees the color of it d is the diameter like if it's growing and then e is it whether it's elevated or not so i assume that's why when they run their fingers through your hair an average, I guess, melanin would be the, for the feel, the sensation of it. Um, but I now know two people, two people that have had melanoma in their vagina. And I can guarantee you that I have never had mine checked. Okay. <laughs> like, that is two. I now know two Are you? people. Ha- Okay, I have a question. So the mole, so that to be fair, I feel like that would are be they, more a genetic thing, like a genetic predisposition. Are they, so they're not some. So okay, sorry. I'm, I'm like, okay, so my, I didn't expect <laughs> this. I'm like, I'll oh, sorry, this. I was right like, now? wait, vaginas. We can talk about vaginas now. Pussies, thank God. Put back to oh pussies. God, the things. <laughs> back to vagina. Back, back to coming. Back to coming. So what you're telling me right here, right now, is that people get melanoma. On their vagina. So does that mean that melanoma can pop up anywhere, anywhere. not just on traumatized skin? Yeah. So mine, for example, mine ended up being – a photo of mine ended up being sent to like Harvard, Oxford, like all these places because mine was extremely 
abnormal looking. Like mm. mine looks like a blister. Mine was really weird, um, which they were shocked when it came back as melanoma. So, but the thing about it is like it, they can be, if you've got a, one of the huge predispositions is that if you have a family history, you should be getting at least yearly checks, at yep. least, if not six months. Mm-hmm. Like I go every six, but you should be getting every, at least once a year if you have melan- history of melanoma. I feel like it's just, because you can get a bulk billing places that like mole checks and there's also like the, in Queensland, there like is a, a Brisbane Mall Clinic, and it's or go, free. even go to a GP, GP. that specialises in skin checks. Mm, like, there's bills. a lot of, there is a lot of um, GPs that, like, I obviously have to, like, I see a dermatologist because I have to, mm. um, and I would, I choose to too as well. Um, but there's so many, and there's so many good dermatologies around. Like, I go to Westside Dermatology. I know there was a sponsor of my lunch, Q Derm. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like mole checks. There's, you know, it's, there's a lot of places. Like go to a GP that specializes at Google. Just Google GP specializing mm-hmm. in skin checks. And I'm sure you will find someone who will give you a thorough job. And if you feel like it isn't thorough, ask them again. Yeah. And the good thing about dermatologists, and I know they do, sometimes there's an excess and whatever, but they will get there. They've got these little thing, these little machine, like binocular things, and they oh. put it on the mole, and they can check for these like A B C D E things. It's not just looking with the naked eye because a lot of the time, with the mole check, it might not it's be good a, enough, you know. Yeah. And it's just, I think the thing is, is it's just not worth. No one should have to go through what I am going through or mm-hmm. what anyone is going through if you can prevent it. Yeah, like you can. Like most people can prevent it. Yeah. And I feel like as well, people don't realise around our age, all of our friends that are laying out in the sun at, at the beach on a fucking all of holidays. One, of my, s- one of my friends got a um, lover to death, but she got a um, suntan bed. You know, and I literally said, I was like, babe. Oh my God. Don't babe, even, don't even babe, tell me her name. I'll never look at her the same. <laughs> I love her to death. And I was like, she's like, oh, I got this. And I was like, I love you. But I don't support this. And I'm not going to comment on it because I was like, I I can't. They are the worst thing, dude. You're almost inevitably, babe. Even sitting here, at, like I'm so paranoid about it. Even sitting here, I for I we're in my office right now. I close the curtains when I'm sitting here because I'm like, I don't want sun damage on my skin. Also, guys, it gives you bad skin when you're older. Even if you don't yeah, get melanoma, wrinkles. it wrinkles. So get wrinkles. on that fucking stage ten. Like I, I know a girl who's she's just been diagnosed and she had it on her shoulder because it's where the sun hit her when she was driving her car. Mm-hmm. It's so e- it's, well, it's not easy. To, well, no, it is. It's, in in Australia, it's our ozone layer is fucked with the with, UV level in australia is and particularly queensland it's just Mm. crazy and i don't know if you can prevent it why wouldn't you opt to just Mm -hmm. at the very least get checked regularly yeah yeah. it's easy enough it takes like 10 minutes like it's truly 10 minutes you go in they check you out and then also you feel good about it it's like getting sti check i have friends that you know you think like i don't want to get checked i'm scared that i have it and you think well the longer you go without yeah. checking, the longer the worse it's gonna be. Exactly. Like if you have if you have something no, that, that is out, that fits melanoma better than anything. Just like get a check. The longer cop it. you leave it, the more fucked you are. Yeah, and I'm talking, but melanoma is so. And the thing is, the treatment for melanoma is so new, right? So like immunotherapy, like 
doctors and health professionals and that kind of thing have made huge advancements mm. in the longevity of the lives of people with melanoma, right? Yep. Stage stage four melanoma. And the thing is, is that like whilst if it works on you, it can be miracle drug. There are so there is an abundance of people like myself that these drugs aren't working on, right? And like don't put yourself in the position where you're like me, where I get told I have fucking six months to live and try and get my fucking affairs in order. And like, have you ever had, have you ever, do you ever have a day where you're like so busy that, <laughs> I don't know why this just made me think of this, but you know, when you're so busy and you've got so many things to do and you just get so overwhelmed that you just don't do anything and you're mm. so unproductive. That's mm. how I felt when I got told I had six months to live. Cause I was like, I was going to say, how does it feel when you got, you're like, I have so much to do. You're like, I, I I can't do anything. But is, that, is that? Yeah. I, I No, it was like, what am I going to, how do I, like, what, like, because what had happened is I'd spent two to three years, you know, I don't, it's honestly being told I had six months was the most fucked up thing ever. Fucked. Like I remember. And that was, was a year ago. Yeah. So that okay. was, yeah, it was a year ago. And I remember I was in the, in the um, office of my oncologist and that's when she told me the whole, once it goes to your liver, you got six months, which meant that the treatment I was on wasn't working. Um, the one that I persisted on and is now apparently working. Yay! Found ma- medical marijuana at the same time. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> can we discuss we'll that? We'll that. Yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but basically, I remember the day so clearly. I was with mum in, um, in the room and when she told, that gave the six-month figure, my mum obviously just burst into tears and I just remember thinking, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Because I remember thinking like mum has now just heard that her daughter might have six months if this treatment doesn't, continues not to work. And then also if she was to see me cry, then it's like, and my daughter has now just heard she's got, do you know what I mean? Like oh it was, it would have been so, dying. So I was like, yeah, don't cry, don't so cry. You're so incredible to not, like, I don't think you understand how phenomenal that is for you to not but think that's what makes me happy yourself. like if as long as they're happy i'm happy and like i just remember that day that i got home and i got in the shower because it's like my little safe place and i just sobbed like a sobbed and i remember th- understandable but no but it's so weird right because i was sitting there thinking why am i crying so much because i'd already come to terms with the fact that this drug wasn't working and that i wasn't going to live mm-hmm. a long time right mm-hmm. i'd already come to terms that i think just getting a time frame was just like, like I said before, like when you're so busy, you just become super unproductive. I remember after like three days of feeling like that, I was just like, okay, deep breath. Also, you are like, so I signed up for the Noosa try. <laughs> I, was, I was filming. The, the last thing I would do. No, I'm like, I, oh, no, but no, no, I no. would literally just fucking no, send so it I, every day. No, no, let me give you the context. I was filming a campaign for Marta Foundation, who is who I um, – always fundraise for and for their research and um I literally I remember getting told that and was like there's no way I look fine I feel fine I was like I'm just gonna fucking do the news to try because I was doing their campaign I was like I'm just gonna sign up for it like I'm actually just gonna sign up and do it and then I um that was probably a rash decision. It was like literally the worst fucking thing Sick I ever did. Freak. Also, guys, so you know, it's a new triathlon. Because 
sick freak. Only sick freaks do it. Only like people literally in Brisbane are like, I'm going to, I'm like, enjoy this triathlon. I'm going to be here sending it in Brisbane. Everyone's like, like, are you doing it again? I'm like, mm, one's I really, good enough for Yeah, me. I enjoyed it the first time it enough. It's really pleasant. So you're trying medical mar- marijuana, yes, the marijuana. What's I happening am, with that? So is the Australian government? Mm, yeah. Oh, being, it's legal. Yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't. I was um, going to say, like, can we maybe <laughs> edit brave. your name out? That's like, very brave. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so I um, see a guy on the – a doctor on the Gold Coast. There is a couple in Brisbane, not many. I don't know if they're good or whatever. I, I just – I don't know. Um, but the guy I see on the Gold Coast, he's amazing. He is from Cannabis Doctors Australia. And um, – Sip of a wine. Sip of a wine. Sip of a wine. I have um, – Drug-induced Sjogren's, so my... No, okay, we need to... So we've got... Okay, this is going to be a long episode. Okay, so... <laughs> Tell us about the medical marijuana and then we'll talk about the Sjogren's okay, okay. because it isn't funny, but it also is it's kind of funny. funny. We were pissing you ourselves off. You don't laugh, before. you'll cry. Um, Literally. So I started on it. I have THC oil, which is a the wild... Tits fucking thing like wild like i've had some i made myself green out accidentally one night that was a that was a joke you 10 party vibe yeah and um and then i also take cbd and i'm like swear by both of them they're amazing like cbd is amazing i haven't so during covid i thought my script at the um, chemist had run out and so i rang them and I haven't had CBD in ages and now look at my chin. I've got fucking pimples everywhere. It's the first thing that I noticed was it because it decreases inflammation all through your body. And I also get arthritis from my um, – get arthritis. <laughs> Sorry, laugh. I don't mean to laugh. I just laughed a little bit in my quiche being like <laughs> – I'm literally 25 fucking arthritis. The poor pet. The poor pet. As I was telling me before. So she's got a medical marijuana, but she's talking about before. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> say it. I can't even say it. What is it? Sjogren's? Sjogren's. So she doesn't... Pre- <laughs> Can you please tell them? It? Can you please tell okay, them? Okay, so I don't... Like any gland in my body... <laughs> Abby's literally curled over right now. Um, any gland in my body that produces moisture has stopped. So like I don't produce saliva. My eyeballs... I've worn contacts every day of my life since grade five. And suddenly in the past few months, I've had to start wearing glasses. I can't. St- I'm so blind. Like, she's, I am, she's dried out, guys. I'm so dried out. Think about everything else. I was, saying to, I was saying to you, because you want to start your own podcast. I think you guys should comment and say she should, because I, I was like, do. these are things that no one even thinks about when it comes to cancer. And it, is, it isn't funny. But it also the way the way that Gina talks about it is so fucking funny. Like I was pissing myself before, and I'm like, oh my god, this is about cancer. But you were just so lighthearted and fantastic, and I was just like, this needs to be a podcast because there are people that are probably listening right now that have had either the, if they haven't gone through it, their mum has or yeah, their dad has definitely. or their even grandparents. Like you don't understand these and these additional side effects, so you have no saliva right now. So she's like sipping her wine, like I will to be lubricate her mouth. I'm five minutes because all I all <laughs> sipping wine, and she's like, yeah. So she has a little bottle of. So she brought like a bottle of, uh, like a giant bottle of. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like gin, and I when she and I like when gin. she arrived, I was like, hey babe, and I was looking at the bottle, and I was like, has she brought gin she to have? Love it, like loved it. And she was like, no, I I thought it looked like it looked like a big <laughs> bottle of wine. And I was like, no, let's just let's just have a bottle of wine anyway. But 
So there's always other aspects that I think you should definitely start a podcast. I really do want to. I just, I don't know where to start. I'm just like. I'll help you. Anyway, yeah, I'll you find a way. But is there anything else miss, you want to say? Controversy. Oh, the controversial <laughs> queen of Brisbane. So is there anything else you want to say to anyone? Is there anything that you really, a message you want to get out there? No, look, ba- look, honestly, basically my biggest point is if you're going to do anything, if anything comes of this, it is to go and have your skin checked. It mm-hmm. is, I can't explain to you, like I haven't gone at all into depth of what I've gone through over the past five years at all. Like I've, Touched, touched, the main on, touched on things, right? And for and I am fortunate enough to be in a headspace where I am I am okay with the the, the journey that I'm on, um, but but the path that I'm down. But honestly, if there's one thing you can do, it is prevent what I have had to go through mm-hmm. and am still going through. Like I am mm-hmm. not cancer free. I'm far fucking from it. But like, I just think if you can take ten minutes out of your week, even just to do a self-check and just to notice, keep an eye on things absol- and wear sunscreen. Like, Oh, guys, get some sunscreen, honestly. My I friends don't wear sunscreen at the beach. I'm like, please, just – just. My biggest, accomplish- my biggest accomplishment is like one of my best friends is was like a freak with tanning in the sun. She now only fake tans because of me. Wow. It took a long time, but we got there. What a queen. And we got there. Literally. I mean, does it also, I have a, oh, I had a question for you about this as well. Yeah. People that tan excessively, mm. does it drive you crazy yeah. from a point of like, like, no, but I can imagine I, I would be very, I would be, you're very positive and no, lovely. You know what it I'd is? I'd be angry. Do you know what it is? It's that I'm very well aware that. They're just completely uneducated mm-hmm. and completely just – they have no context of how dangerous skin cancer is. And it's, that's the thing. Like this – like I was telling you, immunotherapy, the miracle drug for melanoma doesn't work on like 40% of people. So if you get it, technically there's a huge chance you're fucked. <laughs> like just don't tan. Like it just – it's, it's not – It's not worth it. It actually is not worth it. And I mean that from the – bottom of my heart like it is so not worth the fucking anguish and the pain that you cause not only yourself but the people around you Mm. if you go and immerse yourself in just like sun and no sunscreen and this and that like you are literally putting yourself at risk to be dead in t minus two years I'm not joking. I'm no. not even being slightly funny when I'm it's, smiling. It's, it's, I know, I know. We genuinely, we're having a hard time to be serious about this. I'm not good at being serious about it, but I know. only because I have had to, you know, you just got to get you gotta put one foot in front of the other and you don't want to be where I am. That's all no. I'm saying. I mean, I, I honestly, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I've loved talking to you. I love meeting you for the first time, even though we're best friends. But I, I genuinely think you are such, like, oh, I'm so strong because it's so lame. But I, I, I want, you're such an incredible person. Can I tell you, it doesn't get old. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me how good I am. Her face is like, yes. No, tell me incredible. I'm strong. No, but like, uh-huh. like everyone in Brisbane fucking loves you. Like, just so you're aware. And 
I think you've done such an amazing job. You've raised almost half a milli, which is like, that's shmoney. Like you literally have like... Wouldn't mind it in my bank. <laughs> I mean, am I just just no. you? You're a no. fraud. I mean, but- the more money, the more trials that come out, which means the more, you know, chances, chances. of me and various others like me living, you know. Yeah. But it's but it's it's incredible, and also the way that you deal with it is so positive and educational. And I think it is like we're the same age, and people say to me like you're so amazing and strong, but I'm like nothing compared to you. Like you no, are but- such no no, no 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 shut the fuck up shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, but I really I really admire you, and I think you're fucking great. And I'm so glad we got to hang out, and hopefully we can have a wine so because I fucking love you. But I also think that your like your message and like you've changed the way that I live my life. Just me as someone who'd never even really spoken to you. That's literally all I can ask for, honestly. And people who have seen you on the Today Show and hopefully people that listen to this podcast will understand the severity of, I guess, the reality of what you're living and also of being an Australian female who wants to tan all the time. Um, for almost no reason. So I really, really thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thanks for having me. It's so good to see you, best friend. I know, we're such best friends. It's crazy. Um, so you're Gina Savage 1 on Instagram. No, stop it. Well, okay, where people donate. Where's, where's a good place to donate if they want to donate? Oh, I actually, you know what I'll do is mm. if you go onto that, I'll put it in my little bio because I don't know what it, I don't know the link. Okay, right. So go to Gina Savage 1 on yeah, Instagram. I'll tag her in the um, show notes and I'll sort of link in the show notes. And there also will be a link on her Instagram. And go and have your skin checked. Have your skin checked. <laughs> <laughs>